There are some things only the name of Jesus can get you out of or get you into. In the name of Jesus. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And for the last few weeks, I have not begun the next series. And as I look back on it, it has sort of been a series. It's been a series of what's called parabolic teaching. Now, for those of you who are math majors, a a parabola is a circle that's cut in half that's perpendicular to a plane. But anyway, it's a circle like an egg. But that's a parabola in mathematics. But parabolic teaching has to do with the way Jesus taught. He used stories of real situations. He used parables to teach the word of God and the principles of God. And today, again, I use another parable from real life. This parable comes from a recent trip that I just came back from on yesterday. There were a total of five of us, myself, C. Elijah, two of my college classmates, and one other relative. And we all go on this trip every year together. We were in Charleston, South Carolina, the city that's named after Pastor Charles. And... (laughs) And on Wednesday, we were sitting at dinner, and we began a discussion. And the discussion turned to spiritual things. And one of my college classmates, and this is the only person I've ever allowed to live with me. He stayed with me for a little bit over a year. And he said, I've never told you this, but I took a class in school, and I took a religion class. And that religion class shook my faith. And I said, yeah, I understand, because when you take religion classes in college, they will oftentimes destroy a lot of Christians' faith because it goes into a whole bunch of stuff. And it goes into a bunch of history. It goes into a bunch of conjecture. It goes into a whole lot of comparative stuff. And often the people who teach religion courses are not spiritual. And they can really mess up your belief. I understand it because I have studied a whole lot of the stuff. And the stuff will mess you up. Even sometimes in seminary, it messes you up. And he said, I've never told you this, but when I took that course, it shook up my religion. I come from a background where I was in church every Sunday. And I went to Sunday school and my parents were highly strong Christians. But when I took that course. It changed something. And he said, I was living with you. And at the time when he was living with me, I was not Pastor Nathaniel. I was Nate. That's a whole different person. That's a whole different person. And he said, when I was living with you, you took me to Bible study at your parents' house. And while I was there at that Bible study, your brother Dale gave a message. He said, I don't even remember what the message was. But that message changed me. And I've been back ever since. And we discussed a whole lot of religious stuff. And that night, I had a dream. 
And when I finish with the dream, God says, this is what I want you to talk about today. So I'm speaking to you today from the dream. And the dream was fairly short. It's fairly simple. I was standing in a room and my mother was behind me. There was no one there but myself and my mother. My mother and I, we didn't talk. We were standing in this room. I don't even remember where the room was. All I remember about the room was the door. And as we were standing in this room, the door slowly creaked open. Y'all know you've been in them horror movies and how the door just slowly creeped up. And there was something I knew without question. It wasn't spoken. I just knew that was a demonic force opening that door. And when I saw the door open, I knew I needed to shout and rebuke that demonic force in the name of Jesus. But my throat was constricted and I couldn't speak. And I'm looking at the door open and then I see the door shut. Then I see the door open again and then it shut and the door began opening and shutting, just ripped. And I'm trying to speak to rebuke this demon in the name of Jesus. And I couldn't couldn't say anything. My throat was constricted. And then I woke up. That was the whole dream. And I speak to you today from the subject of in the name of Jesus. And I've got two great revelations from that dream. One I didn't get until this morning. I got two great revelations from that dream. I want to just read Mark chapter 9, beginning at the 38th verse, the NIV version. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. And we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. For no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands and go to hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is never quenched. Now here is Jesus talking about a person who was casting out demons in his name. And John came to him and said, wait, he's not one of us. And Jesus said, don't bother him. If he's doing the work in my name, don't bother him. He'll get his reward. But yet in Matthew 7, 22, it reads thus. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Ye 
that work iniquity. Two groups, both using the name of Jesus to cast out demons and to do miracles. One group, Jesus says, don't bother them. They're going to get their reward. They're doing this work in my name. The other group, he said, I never even knew you. What's the difference in those two groups? That's another sermon, not today. (laughs) But I got two big meanings. First, as we were having the spiritual discussion, we talked about all kind of things, but never once did we mention the name of Jesus. Academicia and studying a whole bunch of stuff, and it's a whole bunch of stuff in the world. I've studied so much stuff. And I told them, I stopped studying all that so-called deep stuff. He said, why? Because I looked at the folk who spent all this time studying all that deep stuff, and I didn't want to be like them. That's why I stopped studying it. I saw it left that world in a confused state. They sometimes didn't know which way they were going. They weren't fulfilled. They weren't happy. I said, just because you have a whole pile of knowledge does not mean you can effectively use it. Knowledge and wisdom, not the same thing. You can have a lot of knowledge, but you don't know how to use the thing. And if you don't know Jesus, you don't have knowledge. So that was the first thing that I recognized. There is no name Above the name of Jesus. Here Philippians 2.9 begins. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. There are some things only the name of Jesus can get you out of or get you into. There is no other name by which we shall be saved. And I didn't mention it. So here in the conversation, I didn't mention the name of Jesus. And then in the dream, when I'm getting ready to battle this demon that I didn't even see. See, the other thing about it, there is so much demonic force sometimes in this world that can come against you and you don't even see this stuff. I need the blood of Jesus over me for stuff I can't even see. I need the blood of Jesus over me for stuff I don't even know about. And not just on me. I need the blood of Jesus to cover my children, to cover my wife, to cover my household. I need the blood of Jesus to cover my business. We don't let any product leave out of the company that James and I run. We don't let any product leave out of that company where we have not laid hands and prayed over that product in the name of Jesus. And I was particular about who can pray over the product because we had some people working for us and they were ordained. But I said, no, they ain't. uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I don't care if they ordained. Nope. Only myself, Pastor James and Pastor Salters can pray over this product. I know the other folk ordained. I know they look like they're holy, but no. Only the three of us, because see, some folk look like they're holy. They sound like they're holy. I found out later on there was a whole lot of deception in this person, a whole lot of lying in this person. And that's why I was led in my spirit. No, no, no. Just the three of us going to pray over these products because it makes a difference who touch your stuff. Who touch your stuff can make a real big difference in how your stuff goes. So you need to be careful about who touch your stuff. So the first thing was, The power of the name of Jesus, and I had not used that power. I had not confessed Jesus just in the country. Everybody knew that I was a preacher, but that ain't the point. 
I needed to have used the name of Jesus just when even talking about spiritual stuff because there is no other name. Porsche, the automobile, has a slogan. Porsche, there is no substitute. Jesus, there is no substitute. And when you understand there is no substitute, you will learn how to use the name of Jesus. And you won't be ashamed to use the name of Jesus. You won't be afraid to use the name of Jesus. Because that name is above every name. In heaven, on earth, and even under the earth. I hope you never have to use it under the earth. <laughs> and if you use the name properly in the earth, you won't go under the earth. At least your spirit won't go. Your body's going to go under the earth, but your spirit will never reside there. So that was the first thing that I understood and I realized from that dream. But then this morning, as I was in my prayer, I had another revelation. And sometimes when God uses you and he uses things and shows you things, often there are multiple levels of meaning with this. So one thing I understood from it was that perhaps God had constricted my throat in the dream because I didn't use the name of Jesus in the conversation. But he may have also constricted my throat in the dream for another reason. And the other reason is this. You don't need Jesus to do what you need to do. See, it was a door. I had the power to lock the door. I'm sitting there looking at the door, coming open, opening and closing. Here I am, a big old strong man. All that, my mama standing behind me. All I had to do was walk over there and lock the door. Sometimes we are waiting on God. We're waiting on Jesus to do stuff. We are supposed to do. And there are some demons you are supposed to keep out of your world. There are some people you are supposed to keep out of your world. And this was the thing that I began to realize. Sometimes we have some folk and some things in our world that God has given us the power to lock the door on. I mean, as we were eating, we were even talking about diet. And I was talking about how one of my biggest issues is is resisting sweets. And I don't pray to God to take that taste. But no, I got to resist this stuff. I mean, God ain't going to just pull it. I mean, sometimes it happens. There are miracles. I've heard of cases where God is just taking the taste out of folks. I've heard of that. But those are people who did not have the power. You have the power to control and to do and to handle a whole lot of this stuff. And that's stuff that we know we should not be involved with, that we should not be fooling with. There's some stuff we know we need to get this stuff out of our world. There's some folk y'all hanging around with. And you know these folk will take you to a place where you don't need to be. And this is why in this first verses that I read, why Jesus said, look, if there's something. That's going to cause you to err. You would do better to cut it off. You would do better to have one eye going to heaven than both eyes wide open in hell. Now, it sounds rough. And a lot of Jesus' sayings, as I looked at them, he mean exactly what he says. It would be better for you to chop your hand off. And see, that's the way some of the other religions do when they have a thing. They chop the hand off. And it works. It works. See, it works on two levels. First of all, 
You chop the thief's hands off, he's not going to steal anymore. He's sitting there looking at a nub. I'm not going to risk his other. He's not going to steal anymore. The other thing, all the folks see him with a chopped off hand, they say, I'm not going to steal the first time. So it works. So when Jesus says, look, if your hand offend you, chop it off. If your eye offend you, pluck it out. And I understand it. See, you are around some folk and you know these folk are not taking you to where Jesus wants you to be. You need to cut them off. You need to pluck them out of your world. And that's a lot easier to do than chopping your hand off or plucking your eye out. Because that makes a difference just who you travel with, who you're around, and where you end up. Makes a whole world of difference. Jesus, there is no substitute. But you got to do this stuff that he has empowered you to do the most Jesus-focused person I have ever known in my life. James, do you know who I'm thinking of? The person who was more Jesus-focused than anyone I have ever known in my life. I often, they all nodding their heads. Who was it? Exactly. Evangelist E.J. Hicks. E.J. Hicks wanted to travel with me. He said, Pastor, can I go with you sometime on your trip? I didn't want him to go. <laughs> Now, see, one thing about me, I'm real with you. I'm just being real. I didn't want him to go. I sure didn't. I didn't want him to go with me. We said, Pastor, why wouldn't you want this holy man, the man who is more focused on Jesus than anyone you have ever known? Why you didn't want Because everywhere we go, see, if we'd have been sitting there at the dinner table with E.J. Hicks, when the waiter said, do you know Jesus? <laughs> he would have had a vote Jesus button. He would have preached. He would have been I said, man, look, when I go with, I just want to get away from ministry. I just want to relax. I don't want to be preaching to nobody. I don't, I want to get away and I want to relax. I don't want to do all that. Everywhere you went with him, he was preaching Jesus. He breathed it everywhere he went. He was the most Jesus-focused person I have ever known in my life. And he was sincere. You could feel it. There wasn't no faking with him. He was real. And yet, I remember the night I was in my car. I was somewhere in another state. And I remember my phone rang. And on the caller ID was his name. I answered the phone, but it was his wife. And she was calling to tell me he had transcended, that he had a massive stroke, and he was dead. And I talked with her for a while, and I asked her, what was his blood pressure? I never will forget. She said it was 187. I said, whoa. He was the most Jesus-focused person I have ever known in my life. But there are some things God gives us the power to lock the door on. And when we fail to lock that door of the things we have control over, the things we have power over, stuff happens. Now, I believe he's sitting up there with the angels. No question about that whatsoever. But I also believe had he have done what he should have done, he'd have still been here. He'd have still been saving souls. And he would not have had to go through an early transition. So I got these two revelations to Always use the name of Jesus whenever I am talking to anybody about spiritual stuff and lock the door when I have control over a situation. It's why I believe of all of the illnesses Jesus cured, he never cured a single illness we have control over. Even to this day, all of the stuff Jesus cured, we can't fix today. 
Every single one of them. Now, it did say he cured all manner of diseases, but every one that was detailed and was named out, none of them we had control over. Now, I pray the blood of Jesus over my body, but I know God told me, look, you need to do what I told you to do. You need to do what you know to do. Because if you fool around and let your blood pressure hit 187 and stay there, you're now out of my will and you're out of wisdom. You have the power to control a whole bunch of this stuff. And see, there's a big difference between Jesus and Pauline philosophy that most people don't talk about it. 80% of the modern Christian church is Pauline. But if you ever study it carefully, they were different. Paul preached grace and mercy. Jesus preached obedience. When you really look at it closely, Jesus preached obedience. And when you are obedient, and both of them are right, because we mixtures of the two. I can't obey all this stuff. I just can't. I need grace and I need some mercy. I, there's no question. Pastor need grace and pastor need mercy and pastor need a whole lot of it. But I understand there are limitations to how much grace I'm going to get. Because I'll be honest with you, I just ain't holier than Hicks. Well, I, I'm just not. I ain't sold out as big. I'm working on it, but I'm not sold out as much as Hicks. I'm just not. I'm just not. This man preached everywhere he went with every breath, everywhere. You couldn't even go to the gas station with him without him going into the cashier and preaching and handing the vote Jesus and preaching to the attendant at the gas station. This man was the most sold out man I've ever seen in my life. So I am not more sold out than he was. I'm just not. So I got to do what I need to do. I got to lock that door when I have the power to lock the door. So God was showing me two things. Always use my son's name and lock the door when I have given you the power and given you the knowledge and given you the wisdom. There are some things God will cast out of your life, but it's something it's up to you to cast that stuff out. It's up to you to cast that stuff. Now, sometimes you're getting ready to go somewhere to do something you ain't supposed to do. Sometimes he just give you a flat tie and you'll know right off. Oh, this tie home flat on me. I remember God had told me not to read a particular book. He said, I don't want you to read that book. There's a famous book, book for successful. He said, I don't want you to read that book. And I didn't read the book. And I remember I was in my Mercedes at the time. I was on the expressway. I was talking to Pastor James. And Pastor James was talking about the book. And he was telling me what all was in the book. And then my tie blew out. <laughs> my tie blew out. And I saw I put it on the side of her. I said, look, don't tell me nothing about that book. He told me don't read that book. I don't need to discuss that book. I got one book God has told me not to read and one movie he told me not to see. And I was going on my way going to see that Django movie. And the other time, I done had two situations where God has told me not to do something. I just talk. I wasn't even going to see it. I was just talking about it. And my tie blew out. So sometimes God will give you a warning that lets you know, do not go, but he's not going to keep blowing out tires. He'll warn you where you know. And if you decide, I'm going to do this anyhow, because this is what I want to do. God will let you go head on. And he'll let you go head on to destruction when you ignore divine warning and divine direction. He will let you open the door to let the demon come in. And that power and that choice is going to be up to you. So, In the name of Jesus, because this was his second group, they were performing miracles. They were casting out demons. Jesus, I never knew them. I never knew them. And I still don't know the full truth behind that thing. 
Look, they were doing the same thing. I never knew them. So in the name of Jesus, there are some things that only Jesus can pull us through. You need a divine protection, a divine power around you and through you. I never will forget. I was walking through the house one day and my wife said, you see that out there on the back porch on the deck? No, see what? You don't see as a Nautilus, what? She said, you don't see this big old, like, 10-foot angel standing there? I said, no, I can't see a thing out there. She says, right there, there's a big angel standing right there on the back deck. I couldn't see it. But I know they're there. I know the angels surround me. I know they watch over my household and my family. I know the angels are there. And the angel will speak And those whom God has sent will try to direct me, but only just so much. If I want to act a fool, he won't stop me. He's not going to stop you. If you want to just act a fool, if you want to follow your own flesh, if you want to just go in a path that you know Jesus would not approve of. And that's why the that's why the academic stuff can get so dangerous. My son, George, is a debate champion. That's why it can get so dangerous Because often we can justify with a whole lot of sophisticated jargon why we're doing certain things. And it does not align with the word of God. But because we're elegant and we've studied and we can put this thing in all kind of sophisticated historical perspectives and all of that kind of stuff. And we open the door to the demon. God has given you the power to lock the door. He has given you so much that is placed in your hand. And that's why Jesus says to those who obey my commands. In the name of Jesus, there is no other name in heaven, in earth, or under the earth that is as powerful as the name of Jesus. And some people will debate you on it. They say, well, that wasn't his real name. There was no J in the original Aramaic or Hebrew. And that's true. Yahshua, Asus, whatever you want to call it. Doesn't matter how you pronounce the name. There's only one person. I got a whole bunch of names myself. So it couldn't matter what you can call. I'm called Coach Bronner, Pastor Nathaniel, Pastor Bronner, Reverend Bronner, Mr. Bronner, Nate, back in the old days, Boop. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> and it all was the same person. It was all the same person. And some people can get so heavily intellectual. That they'll debate you that Jesus was not his real name, that he was never called that because the J did not exist in the Hebrew alphabet. True. But there is no name, whether you want to call him Yahshua or whether you want to call him Jesus. There is no name as powerful in heaven, in earth or under the earth as the name of Jesus. And you will need the name of Jesus to handle stuff you can't handle. You can't handle your own salvation. You can't be good enough. Lord knows I can't be good enough. I try, but I, I just can't be perfect. I'm just not perfect. I'm just sorry about that. Not, no, no, I ain't even close to perfect. I have my challenges. I need Jesus. Simple as that. Now, I need to do what I need to do. Because if I don't do what I can do, Then I end up with some stuff that I don't want. And when I do what I need to do, there are blessings that come. I've just seen this, people. It it just, you can't do wrong. And really, when Jesus talked about obeying the commandments, and he boils that down to love God with everything you got, and love your neighbor as yourself, 
when you start doing that, it brings blessings into your lives that's untold. It really, really does. And you have the power that's in your control. He did not say for me to do that. He told you to do that. You to love God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. You to do that. He told you to love your neighbor as yourself. He told you to do that. So there's some stuff you got to do. And it's not easy. None of it. I've preached about loving your neighbor as yourself. That's not easy. But it has a benefit and a blessing that will bless you in areas that you don't even know about. But you have the power to lock the door, to keep out the demonic, to cut off some things that need to be cut out of your life for you to move to where Jesus wants you to move. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and listen to this message in the name of Jesus all over again. Diana is coming now and to sing. And when I heard her singing the song, I knew, yep, Lord, you always, you sent a confirmation. You listen to this song now with even a different set of ears as she sings again. you need today church you can call on his name whatever you need whether it's healing you can call on the name of the Lord 
give it salvation you want. Call on the name of the Lord. Somebody needs a blessing today. You can call on the name of the Lord. You've been looking for a financial blessing. Call on the name of the Lord. Whatever you need. If you're suffering from depression today. We rebuke the spirit of suicide this morning. We rebuke the spirit of depression this morning. We rebuke poverty this morning. Call on the name of Jesus. I will call on the name talking about spiritual things they don't want to mention the name of Jesus the most powerful name on earth they'll talk all around it but they won't call the name of Jesus but there's power in that name amen well with heads bowed right now there's anybody in this place and you want to publicly call on that name of Jesus and declare him as your Lord and Savior today. 
There's no other name that you can call where you must be saved. Buddha won't do it. Muhammad won't do it. Krishna won't do it. Only the name of Jesus. If there's anybody with any uncertainty today and you just want to declare it, you have to declare with your mouth and believe it in your heart that Jesus is Lord. If you want to just make sure today the altar is open for you to come. Your second appeal, if there's anybody and you've been hearing the word here and filling his spirit and God is leading you to join this body of believers, the doors of the church are open. So if you want to come for salvation, rededication, or to join, you can come for any one of those three appeals. giving us a double portion today. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. 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 Glory to God. Glory. Glory. Yes. I knew she had a special anointing on her singing it the first time. So now I can see why. Amen. 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 And Pastor talked about the revelation of not locking the door. But to be honest, in most of our cases, it's not that we're not locking the door, but it's not the demons that, oh, we the one opening and closing that door. <laughs> yeah, we over there turning the handle to open it, peeping through to see what's over there. <laughs> it's not even the demon most of our times that's opening the door. We opening it. <laughs> we over there fooling with stuff that we know we shouldn't. We want to tip in and out of that door figure we'll come back and close it later after we're through it. But something else is coming through when we're opening it. So just be careful on that door. Pastor said you ought to close it and leave it closed and lock it. But you know the, the lock is on the inside. That lock, it protects the demon from coming in but it doesn't protect us from turning the lock open and opening ourselves. So we have to lock our own selves down, our own sinful and fleshly desires. And he even talked about the book and the movie that he was restricted on. And we've seen that in our family multiple times, uh, even with books. That When I was about five or six years old, there was a book my mother was reading. And it had some ancient knowledge that wasn't really biblical in it, just some secret of the ages type of knowledge and she said let me see what these other people how they getting these powers and this other hidden mystery stuff somebody had told her about it she was in her bed reading this book and I came in her room and I was five or so around there four or five years old and my mother's face had transformed into some ancient woman where I didn't even recognize her and I ran out of the room hollering to my brothers and said, come and look at mama's eyes. Mama's eyes has changed. Something has happened. And by the time they made it to the room, she was back to normal. But it scared the bejeebies out of me at this young age. And I had never experienced anything spiritual like that, but it transformed my whole mother's face just by reading this book. And she knew she had to put this book down and never put it back up again and on movies 
pastor also saw in his life. He had another college roommate, and he, he came to stay with us at home for a period. And he went to see this movie that had a bunch of demonic activity in it. And I called a name you all would recognize it, but I'm not going to call it because I don't want you all to go home and look and say, let me see what was it. I think I can handle this movie. <laughs> but anyway, he went and saw this movie that had all these demons in it. And it just, he was a brilliant guy and it just snapped him. Something snapped in it. And he's never been the same since that day. And he would just hear all type of noises and voices coming from the attic and stuff. And it just, yeah, he just was never stabilized mentally after seeing one movie. Is that right, Pastor? <laughs> Yeah, man, we just saw him, and it was just amazing because we knew him. He was staying with just a totally normal, brilliant guy. And he saw these movies that was filled with the demonic, and he never came back to his right senses ever since. So just be careful. Guard your gates, your eye gates, and your ear gates. And the world will normalize certain things to just get you intrigued and interested in it, but you know, these are doors that you see through and doors that you hear through. And you need to guard what goes in those doors because it enters into the heart and the spirit and what you're exposing yourself to on a constant basis. So we thank Pastor for this message to, on calling the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. Demons tremble with that name. You can call the president's name. You can call billionaire's name. Doesn't do anything to the demonic. But that name of Jesus, they have to flee. He's given us great power. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Minister Jamie. She'll come give us our benediction. Amen. 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 And that's so crazy. I saw this video on YouTube. I don't know how it came up, but this lady, she was at this jewelry store and basically a robber came in and tried to rob the whole store, came in with a gun and everything. She said, in the name of Jesus, get out of my store. He backed away slowly. He said, I'm not playing with that. And he left. He didn't rob not one. Nobody got hurt. So it really does show the power of the name of Jesus. And it was even another time. I don't know if any of you guys experienced sleep paralysis before, but I know I have in the past and I know my friends have. Whenever we're in sleep paralysis, you can't speak, you can't move, you can't even see. Your body is completely paralyzed. Some people have had demonic experiences where demons are literally holding them down. It is the most scariest thing that you can experience. But the only thing that gets me out of it, got my friends out of it, was the name of Jesus. And every time I even thought of the name, it just fleed. Immediately, it could not stay. So you have to call on the name of Jesus. There is nothing more powerful so I just want to keep that or just keep that in your mind as you're going throughout life. And let's go ahead and go before God. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone who is here today, Father, who was able to receive the message about the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that we have that power that through Jesus, we don't have to fear, we don't have to worry, but we can just call on his name. I thank you, God, for even sending this pure, perfect lamb down here on this earth to die for all these sinners in here, Father, die for me so that we could be seen as righteous in your eyes, God, and be in your kingdom. I thank you, Father God, that 
even though Jesus was here 2,000 years ago, that his name holds so much power that the devil is absolutely nothing compared to Jesus. I thank you, God, that even though we may go through things, even though things pop up, that Father, you are always right there. You're always guiding our steps, showing us the pathway to take. And I just pray that you'll help all of us to trust in your plan, to trust in what you have told us, God, to give you our heart, to love you with everything that we have, and to love others as Jesus told us to do. I just thank you so much, Father, for all the protection you've allowed us to have, even when we don't see it, when we don't hear it. But I thank you for you even closing that door sometimes, even though we allow things to come in, you pushed everything out and you shut the door. And I just pray that you'll give us strength to keep that door shut. You'll give us strength to overcome simple desires. You'll give us strength to just keep on calling on his name every single time. In the name of Jesus, God, in your precious, mighty son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, In the Name of Jesus, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5932. That's 5932. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5932 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Brothers of the Word.